My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Transformers Tuesday, the Transformers podcast, where we talk about Transformers all the time, every time. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am joined tonight by two, count them, two of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike. Live long and roll out. And this is so yeah, so I guess we wanted to get together tonight, and we—I've been eager to do it because I've been kind of putting off reading it until we decided to discuss it on the show. Autobots, you simply fail to understand that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. We're here tonight to discuss Star Trek versus Transformers. It's a five-issue miniseries from IDW, and I mean that's kind of the long and short of of why exactly we're here. I, I don't know that we wanted to go through any kind of painstaking blow-by-blow synopsis review coverage of you know uh, the 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 five issues, but I think Mike has something pulled up that kind of gives a basic overview of of what the series itself is about and how the two different universes and casts of characters get together. So I think I'll let him read that, and then, you know, we'll all kind of discuss, you know, the highlights, the highs, the lows, like what we liked, what we didn't like, and, and kind of go into it. So I guess go ahead, Mike. Uh, go ahead and read whatever it is that uh, kind of gives the, the, the lowdown on Star Trek versus Transformers. Okay, so just first, yeah, some more background info. Uh, this, this was released in uh, 2018. Uh, it's written by uh, John Barber and Mike Johnson and uh, Philip Murphy and Jack Lawrence uh, provided the pencils. And uh, this is just uh, a sort of like over, like really general summary. I think I think it's probably like the trade dress for it, but the Transformers 80s cartoon series meets Star Trek the Animated Series in a no-holds-barred Saturday morning mashup for the ages. At the edge of Klingon space, the starship Enterprise finds there's more to the final frontier than meets the eye, when Kirk and the crew come face-to-face with the strangest lifeforms of all, Cybertronians. This unprecedented crossover brings together two of the greatest science fiction universes of all time in the style of their classic animated series. A five-year mission meets a four-million-year war. The long, the long, as you say, the long and short of it. It's like they, they, they had to find a common ground, I guess, for these two franchises to meet on, and they decided to go with like the animated series of each, you know, respective franchise. I think I think that was a pretty good call. I mean, I, I I think there's some things about the art that I I found problematic, but it wasn't because of the the style they chose. Like I think I think those two styles actually mesh together kind of nicely. You know, having the sort of filmation looking 
Star Trek character models interacting with kind of the Sunbow, you know, I guess Floro Deary designed animation models. Like, I, I think I think that works pretty well. There's a couple, I you know, I don't know. There, there's some Event Horizon things where you look at it and, and you can tell they're trying to ape like frames from Transformers exactly. You know, where you're just kind of like, oh, that's a little too too on the nose like there are some things i recognize like poses of megatron and all that other stuff and i'm sure they do the same thing with with star trek you know almost to the point where it's like it's a fumetti book but not really you know type thing so there there is that i guess flavor to the proceedings but i mean i think i think that was a pretty clever way to kind of merge the two franchises and everything like a good starting point at least but what about you guys like what are your thoughts on the 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 i guess the style and the aesthetic of of star trek versus transformers i liked it yeah i think it was a good choice using you know the star trek animated series style for this and kind of like you said like there were there were some shots where i was like okay i this looks familiar and this is a reference. Like, what I thought was kind of interesting for, like, the Star Trek crew was, like, there were some shots, like, if you watch the animated series, there's a piece of reused animation where, like, you know, basically it's, like, someone running and it's basically, like, they bend bend their elbows and, like, kind of, like, shift forward. Like, you see that reused constantly, usually for, like, freaking Spock, and, like, I noticed that shot in this miniseries a couple times, so... (laughs) Kind of, kind yeah. of the Transformers artwork I think is pretty good for the most part like there were some shots I thought were a little off like like uh, it seemed like anytime there was like a close up of Megatron it, it didn't work for me like it felt off somehow like it was too I don't know like he was too emotional or I don't know over exaggerated mm. like I mean Megatron gets really mad in the you know the animated series but it seemed like he was more exaggerated in this but um like the Enterprise and um, you know Fort Max and some other uh, spaceships that appear that we'll probably talk about later. Like I thought those all looked really great. Yeah, I, I I mean, like I said, overall I liked the presentation. I think some of the things that I noticed that I took issue with is I, I think for the stuff that that isn't traditionally presented in that format it was the stuff that suffered the most. I thought like like. I think of of the two I'm gonna single out, I think Windblade came off better than Air Arachnid. Like, cause like, I don't know, I was kind of perturbed that like, it seemed like a lot of the Decepticons got full body shot introductions. Like, you know, there's that one page where it's not a splash page, but it's almost a splash where, you know, you see like Megatron and Soundwave and Starscream and it's like, okay, that's great. But it would have been nice to see like a full on body image of Air Arachnid before she starts like whispering sweet nothings to Captain Kirk. Cause it it almost seemed like, who are you and where the fuck did you come from? You know, like, like, like that was a little bothersome to me. And I, I kind of agree with what you're saying about the close-ups on Megatron. And I guess the reason why I would mention it is not so much that, like, I, I don't know. I mean, may, maybe what you're saying holds true as well, like, and I just didn't realize it. But the thing that stood out to me was, you know, and we'll, we'll get into, uh, I guess, you know, 
Fortress Tiberius here eventually, but like there there are moments where there were close-ups on Megatron's face, and I almost had a tough time distinguishing between close-ups on Fortress Maximus's face too, because they're both like you know the the closer you get, they're both you know the you know guys that have essentially a similar steel-plated face visage. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like how close do you get before... And, and, and if you're cutting back and forth between those two characters in the same page, it's, it's to me, it's a little natural to become confused. And I think, I think there, were, there were, you know, certain aspects in the storytelling rather than the presentation that confused me. Like, I, I thought it was strange, like, okay, am I... I'm right, right? Like, like, like... The Klingon battle cruiser transforms into Trypticon. Is yeah. that yeah. and that like I don't know like something about that is like super weird and confusing to me and it's I it's not I, very clear and I, and I feel like yeah I feel like the way it's presented is not very clear like I think I got it but then like it's not quite as clear as say you know the Enterprise transforming into Fortress Maximus which I guess you know spoilers is the I mean, to me, like this is—that's the highlight, the pinnacle, the the yeah. giddiness, the 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 super find your joy moment in this piece. I mean, everything is kind of, you know, for the most part, it's kind of a by the numbers crossover. You you introduce, you know, the the Star Trek cast, and you you set up clearly that it's the animated series because you've got you know. MRS and you've got A-Rex, you know, on the bridge and you've got MRS coming with the away team and all this other stuff. So you're like, okay, we're establishing this is like the animated filmation, you know, five-year mission crew. And then, you know, you're, you're kind of loosely establishing, okay, the Decepticons are attacking this planet. And it's for the most part, the G1 cartoon Decepticons you're familiar with, but they try to toss in a couple things here and there. Like you've got Air Arachnid for sort of a, you know, a, a female Decepticon character. And then I guess you've got, what is it like? Um, is that acid storm? The one with the green. Yeah. Deco. So, you know, you've got stuff like that, like, like acid storm, I guess conceivably is somewhat an animated reference, but it's not a character that typically hung out with, with the, the G one transformers on the, the various seasons, but, it, but it is a little callback to that. And so you, you've got, you know, cast the characters they're sort of setting up and then and then you kind of have this ragtag group of Autobots again with with female representation you've got RC you've got Windblade and then you've got kind of a core cast of characters that conceivably like I, I think some of them are, are super familiar because they're trying to tie into that G1 cartoon aesthetic you've got you know Bumblebee and then it seemed like you I don't know like Jazz almost seemed like they they took a little bit from the like old Mike Costa IDW stuff where it's like the first thing he does when he gets out of, uh, you know, stasis is he starts trying to blow away the, the enterprise away team. And I was like, dude, like, Oh, you know, hold your horses. Aren't you guys supposed to be good guys or whatever? It's like, it's like, it felt like this was the same jazz that, that, you know, killed humans before. And it's like, I'm killing them again. You know, like he's just going all ape shit with all that. And then, you know, you've got, you've got the nice touch of having, you know, somebody like ratchet, who's a medic, you know, paired up with somebody like Dr. McCoy, who's a medic. So, you know, I, I think all those were kind of, you know, wise decisions as far as the, the group of characters that they're dealing with. But then I think there were, you know, certain things, like I said, where it would have been nice to see, you know, a full shot of Air Arachnid before you started seeing 
her in close up and and you know just just something more of an establishing shot of that character and her design because I think it's like you see a close up of her face and then she's a helicopter and I I mean I felt like you never really you know like did, did no one design the look completely because it felt like you almost didn't get to see a full image of her at all and if that's the case if you're not going to invest that much time into the character then then why why have them at all, I guess, was, was my thought. And, and, and it, it is interesting, kind of the blending of seasons and aesthetics, because, you know, you've got Titans and you've got the whole backstory with, like, Fortress Maximus and how... It, it's interesting. You've got, like, the Sunbow era cartoon Transformers leaving Earth because World War Three is about to start on the Filmation animated Star Trek Earth, and they've got, like, that nice little reference to the first contact movie, it's kind of like a filmation looking Zeph from Cochran or whatever. And all these people in the background. So you kind of get the notion like, Oh, okay, this all turned to shit and was starting to head the way of like the eugenics wars and all this other stuff. And then the, the transformers left. Right. And then, and then the, yeah, I guess, you know, Triptychon followed in hot pursuit, which, uh, you know, to me, I always find interesting because, cause I, I find that like an odd pairing. I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Cause I know there's like the video games and war for Cybertron and all this other stuff. But like, I always think of, you know, Triptychon kind of goes hand in hand with Galvatron rather than Megatron. So it's interesting for me to see like the, the G1 era Decepticons kind of, you know, taking a, a space flight with, with Triptychon. And, and, and then it is again, Triptychon is more paired with Metroplex and, you know, Scorponok's more paired with, with uh, Fortress Maximus, so again, you kind of have a tweaking of the, the the you know the standard I guess bill of goods that we were all sold as kids, which is fine. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, it actually kind of makes it interesting and 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 kind of uh, you know new to me. But but I, I also think it's kind of worth mentioning because you kind of sit there and look at it and kind of you know something about it's just a little different than than it, they're they're trying to go for a really familiar aesthetic. But yet the the characters they all put together and 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 pair up, you know, they're they don't all quite fit into that aesthetic. So it's in some cases it's interesting to see how they try to make them fit in the aesthetic, and in other cases I think, you know, so some things are more successful than others. I think, and 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 I think one of those things, yeah, I guess getting back to the sort of like the highlight of it all is the 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 notion where you know you've got Kirk and they they you know, kind of set up how him merging or, or, you know, getting kind of, I guess his brain engrams red or whatever is like a really dangerous thing, but he's the captain and everybody has faith he can do it. And even jazz, who's like all about shooting down everybody in the opening is kind of like, Hey, you're not such a bad guy. You, you, you went through that thing. I could see why all these other guys, you know, look to you as their leader and that kind of thing. Like, I love the moment where I think Spock mind melds with Optimus Prime, you know, like there's, there's that kind of, you know, it's trying to evoke a little bit of that, you know, V'ger mind meld thing, I think, where, you know, it's, it's slightly overwhelming for him to mind meld with somebody like Optimus Prime, where, you know, he's got those moments where he's like, he's like, you've been alive for so long, you know, like, and, and, and it's like almost, he's almost inundated with, with information that almost, you know, kind of wrecks him and everything. So there's, there's a lot of fun stuff like that. And then that, you know, basically that mega moment where all of a sudden it's like, you know, you've got an enterprise that comes in and then transforms essentially into what they call or dub Fortress Tiberius, which is like, that's like one of those kick-ass, like, yeah, 
moments, kind of, you know, like, like, you know, Captain America getting the hammer in Endgame or whatever. Like, that's that's one of those money moments where you're just like, of course, this is fucking perfect. And it's super awesome. I had, I had so much trouble not spoiling that for Justin because I was like, <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, my God, this is like perfect for Justin because, you know, it's Star Trek and he loves Fortress Maximus. So I'm like. He's gonna. Uh, he was gonna lose his freaking mind, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me that, and I was like, "Oh well, I wonder what's gonna happen," you know, because you get to review these early, and I was, you know, like I had to wait like a few days, and I was like, "What could it be?" And then I saw that like it's like a full page. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I love this. This is great." I it, it kind of makes me wish, like uh, you know, because I, I know there's probably no legal way it could happen, but you'd think like maybe one of the third party companies would try to put together something like that <laughs> that would be cool for yeah. i mean they had third-party companies have made toys of those like gi joe and transformers yeah crossovers so that would be that would be fun to get get a fortress tiberius like that would be pretty sweet something else i thought was kind of neat and i could see it happening in like the star trek animated series is you know near, near the end like most of the uh the uh landing party get like you know, Transformers-ish looking mechs of themselves. I thought that. Oh was yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Like that. That seems like a solution from like the animated series, where it's like, you know, there's no way we could ever do this live action, but animation, you know, we can, we can. We we can pull that out. off. Yeah. yeah, we can pull it out of our ass and do it, and not to worry about budget so much. I think I think they did a little better job with that, but there is that air to me where kind of like with Air Arachnid, where I wish. I, I I think eventually I knew exactly what I was looking at, but when they first sort of introduced them in that giant two-page spread, it's almost like they're so tiny and minuscule. I was wondering, like, like what the hell is that exactly? Like, and then and then the you know the more panels I saw of them in action, I started to realize, oh, the blue one that kind of looks like Cup is Mr. Spock. And then I started noticing, oh, I get it. Sulu's in the gold mech and, you know, Scotty's in the red mech. And I went, oh, okay. Like I, I, I started picking it all up, but I just, I, there, there's something about like the, the art in this where I, I, I just feel like sometimes like some of the, the things that just should be really clear and distinct just aren't for whatever reason. And I, I don't know if that's one of those, weird event horizon things like that that star trek assimilated squared thing where it's like it's not so much that he's he's painting you know it's it's like you know they were taking like photos and painting you know likenesses of matt smith and and uh patrick stewart and whoever and and that they felt stiff and kind of not in motion and it's not quite like that but i i do feel like they went to that well of like let's let's do a freeze frame on on Star Trek the animated series or let's do a freeze frame on um, what is that countdown to extinction I feel like or, or Transformers the movie or something you know like where where you could see like certain certain uh, moments where Megatron extends his hand and points his cannon I felt like they came like directly from certain animation cells and 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 I guess m- my my thought, or maybe my criticism might be, if they didn't have those to pull from, like, say, with Air Arachnid or with these Star Trek mech suits that don't have, like, a frame of reference, like, then I felt like those became extremely vague and didn't get all the cool dynamic poses because there was, 
there was essentially nothing to homage or or swipe from, you know, like and so I felt like that was unfortunate because I was like the you know some of those things like like I think I I think the the Fortress Tiberius doesn't suffer from that, like which I think is interesting because I'm like I'm like that has some good establishing shots and 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 kind of money shots where you're like oh i I get what this thing looks like i get that it's the enterprise transformed into a fortress maximus looking transformer whereas i think you know like trypticon i i think that's part of my confusion with trypticon because it was like wait trypticon's a dinosaur that turns into a you know a city basically and then i was like well isn't that it but now, now all of a sudden his third mode is a klingon battle cruiser and i'm just kind of like well that battle cruiser doesn't look a thing like trypticon and trypticon doesn't look a thing like that battle cruiser you know like so it's like well could they not figure that out did they not want to bother with it because it seems like you know fortress tiberius like clearly does look like the enterprise you know like so i i don't know i i, I think those things to me are kind of interesting i also like kind of felt like you know arachnid and windblade being there was a little i don't yeah like distracting like because there's no i guess there's no real equivalent on the star trek side like like if maybe they like you know gave you a you know filmation like uh uh like version of like someone who appeared like in you know the modern day Star Trek movies or mm. something, and like you like like like, kinda... a, like I guess it wouldn't make much sense, but uh, somebody like a filmation Savic or something, like... yeah, like maybe that would like I don't know yeah. offset it, but would it would it be less awkward if and like and I know they they probably put Windblade and Arachnid in there just to add you know some more female characters, which is fine, but do you think it would be like less awkward if? say it was like maybe like nightbird and like chromia instead like like two people who actually huh. showed up on the sunbow cartoon like would that yeah. be less awkward yeah yeah I, yeah that's 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 an that's an interesting i mean it's all a bunch of backseat driving but i think it's good backseat driving like that that's nothing that occurred to me but it seems to fit the aesthetic a lot better yeah i i like the um mix matching of characters from different seasons i I'm not really crazy about Windblade and Arachnid being in this, because it kind of breaks that, you know, G1 only kind of thing they were going for. If they had used, like, you know, Nightbird and Chromia or, or, or someone that was already established, I would like that better. I mean, I don't have a problem with Windblade herself. I liked her in those uh, IDW comics that were going on for so long. I just, I just think in this case it kind of breaks that, uh, you know, G1 animation style, like, feel that they're going for i mean i think i think the 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 people that i would i mean i would say like emress is you know a female so that that sort of maybe accounts for itself even though she's not human but i mean i suppose if i was gonna have if i was gonna suggest anybody who actually fits rather than you know savik who doesn't really fit like you know you could go with like you know a filmation Janice Rand, you know, some, something like that, where well, it, they, it, they could have used Nurse Chapel. I mean, she was yeah, on the yeah, yeah. Another, like, kind of, I, I felt like modern day, like, sort of thing was that, like, RC had a sword 
And like, I, yeah. I think like Ratchet at some point, I think Ratchet makes a crack about like, oh, RC's going to be thrilled. We th- we like pulled her out of battle, like or whatever, like sarcastically. Right, right. Like, and I'm kind of like, that's kind of like more IDW RC than it is like you know Sunbow RC. So. Well, I think I think Megatron has that line when they go to Kronos and he says, "We're going to make this new Kaon the capital," you know, like of of our new you know, empire or whatever. And I mean, I have to be honest, like, I mean, you know, Kaon may be part of Transformers lore and all this stuff going back to whatever comics or what have you. But I, I, I just kind of feel like that's again, kind of like what you're saying. It has a little bit of that IDW, you know, spice thrown into the mix of the soup where you're just kind of like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't entirely G one, you know. They're they're trying to maybe, sprinkle in a little bit of uh, maybe if he said nuance. like maybe and this would be like still wouldn't be Sunbow, but maybe if he said something like this will be like the new Dark Mount or something, mm. or something the new from Crystal the, City or something. Yeah, like something from the com, Marvel comics or even yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I do, like you were talking about the art. Like I did like I I kind of felt like like Jack Lawrence fills in for the third issue, and he was like the regular artist on Lost Light. And okay. like I kind of liked like like Philip Murphy does a fine job like with like his like issues. But I like I felt like I, I after I read the third issue and like saw Jack Lawrence's art, like I think I kind of felt like oh man, I wish he drew this whole series like mm. kind of. Okay. But like the like maybe. F- like Philip Murphy, like kind of got closer to like the filmation and Sunbow styles, but I, I like I just felt like Jack Lawrence was a better artist, like altogether. Hmm. Can I talk about something in this that I didn't really care for? Go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So in issue one, you know, when Kirk encounters Optimus Prime, like he shoots him with his phaser and it blows like a hole like in the corner of his cab or whatever. And that pretty much hobbles Prime for most of this series. And I kind of, I, I, I want to take issue with that because, like, I don't think that would happen. I mean, I know this is probably, like, deep-level nerd stuff where you're like, oh, the output of the phaser would not be powerful <laughs> enough to damage Optimus Prime. But I kind of, I don't like that. And then there's a scene, I think it's maybe in the last issue or maybe it's in the fourth issue where you see, like, I think it's Sulu, he's, like, firing on, like, Arachnid or Starscream or someone with their phasers, and it doesn't really do any damage, so it's kind of inconsistent in the... Yeah. I think... I think I wrote in my first review for the first issue, like, in the comments, like, I kind of wrote, like, Kirk's phaser, like, is greater than Megatron's fusion cannon? Like, what? Like... Yeah, that's something I don't buy. Like, Megatron's... I mean, you, you guys know me, like, I love Star Trek, but I also, like... This makes me think of, like, when I was, like, in first and second grade, and I would argue, like, Star Trek versus Star Wars with my friends, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, you you know, yes, I love Star Trek more, but, you know, you have to be logical about, like, these sort of things. It's it's like that D&D stat, you know, it's like, well, you got this many hit points and this much damage, so you're dead. Like, Megatron's fusion cannon is, this sounds weird to say, you know, like, this is nerd, deep level nerd stuff, like, Megatron's fusion cannon should be more powerful than... Starfleet phaser. So what you're saying is, if I'm understanding you correctly, Justin, if Kirk had like you know done the Kirk drop kick on Prime's chest, then then that would have been much better. <laughs> he had shot him with a. Phaser. You know, it would have been better. It would have been better if like um, 
Prime stepped on <laughs> Kurt's phaser and Kurt built like a cannon like in the arena when he fought the Gorn. <laughs> I, I would buy that more. I, I think I think I would have had I would have I would have had Kurt do like the, the double drop kick on yeah. Prime's chest and then and then and then he would set his phaser to self-destruct and throw it into like his cab and then that's what would have that's what yeah. would have done the trick. But just, just like the phaser is no good. He drop kicks Prime and like Prime falls over. Then Kirk runs over to like Prime's neck and does like the double fisted hammer blow <laughs> or something. That's that's what needs to happen. You know, speaking of nerd nerdy nit nitpicky bullshit that that made me stop and doesn't seem to really get addressed in the writing of this miniseries. The the thing that I, I don't know if I hated it, but it just it kind of caught me off guard and I felt like they didn't address it very well. So you have a, a point where, you know, th of course, there's the misunderstanding, right? And all these team-ups, you know, the, the Federation, Enterprise, Kirk and his crew have the misunderstanding with Prime and, and then by extension, the Autobots, right? So they're, they're at odds and then eventually they realize they're on the same side and team up. Well, conversely, you have the Decepticons who hate human beings, right? And they want to kill all the flesh creatures. And then they encountered the Klingons who they immediately sort of mistake for, oh, another bunch of flesh bags. Like, why should we care about these people? But at some point they form a temporary alliance. They're like, oh, you hate the humans too. You know, okay, well, let's team up and everything. And and still though, they're kind of like, well, why? what do you have to offer us? Like what, you, you know, you're just a bunch of flesh bags and everything. And and so you've got the, the Sulu Klingons on um saying um you know oh well we have cloaking technology like have you ever heard of cloaking technology and i'm kind of like fucking hey they've heard of cloaking technology there's this dude like named fucking skywarp like like i mean am i wrong like i don't i don't get it like he, what's... Can, tell, he can teleport i mean that's but I mean, I mean, I mean, what about like Mirage, Mirage? and all these guys? Yeah. I don't know. Like, to me, I was just kind of like, well, don't, I mean, isn't it this, like, to me, I'm like, isn't it like virtually, you know, it's like if, if, if Skywarp can teleport away and Mirage can cloak, I mean, I don't know. It seems like they would have heard of, of, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of was like, eh, I don't, I don't really buy that. You're talking about how, like, you know, pairing Ratchet and McCoy up is, like, natural and, like, Kirk and Optimus, obviously. I was kind of disappointed that Prowl wasn't in this to meet Spock. Uh, like, okay, okay, yeah, 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 or, that makes sense. Yeah, or at least, like, like Shockwave or yeah. someone, yeah. Have some logicians to, to... Receptor. Yeah. But, oh well, maybe, maybe for the sequel. If Receptor is better than Prowl. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm, very interesting. What is it? Hmm. Hmm. What is what? Your diagnosis. Hmm. I like science. Well, that reminds me. I had a little joke to make. So this is uh, this miniseries. It's Star Trek and Transformers coming together, or you could say this is like the best of both worlds. Eh. All right, I'll see myself out of the podcast now. <laughs> I mean, you know, what wasn't Spock like there's there's something more than meets the eye here? Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> One thing I did want to bring up and ask you guys is this some series was intended to be a four issue like mini series, but uh, they said due to popular demand it was expanded to five issues like 
Did you that seem noticeable to you? Like, because I kind of felt like the plot ended in issue four, and then all of a sudden they're like, no, but Starscream's getting away, and like Starscream mm-hmm. goes to like you know Kronos and tries to take over, but Megatron catches right up to him like in two pages, and he's like, no, you're not. Okay, then then they have you know their big final battle on Kronos with the exosuits, but that did kind of like to me it kind of felt like oh we got to fill one more issue, so we'll do this crazy shit. No, it didn't feel that way to me. Okay. I I don't know. I I guess it didn't occur to me. I didn't I didn't know it. It was extended, you know. Like, but I I didn't feel like it wore out its welcome. Like, I mean, these are, you know, th- th- these are definitely modern comics. I mean, you said this came out in 2018, and it it, it reads like it. You know, it's like these are incredibly quick reads. There and 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 whether it's four issues or five issues, I mean, to me, it's like they go in a blink of an eye. They read incredibly quickly. So if 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 you're if you're someone who's who's uh, you know unimpressed when you have to spend a certain amount of money for limited content, it's like you know th- this is definitely something that you could read at, in a trade quickly. Not much less you know, the, the individual issues and everything. I think, I think there's a certain amount of love and care placed into this, but not, not, you know, this, this is probably a high bar to set, but it's not the same amount of love and care placed into something like Avengers JLA. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's not like, it's not, it's not calling out all the stops and all the Easter eggs and all, you know, everything it could be. It's, it's, it's kind of like just a, a superficial frost, of of things that that are yeah it's it's kind of it's lighthearted i mean and, and it's you know it's light in all sense of the words like it's not it's not supposed to be a celebration of you know both and and i don't think like transformers and star trek are as direct a correlation as like avengers and justice league would be yeah but, yeah, yeah but yeah i mean i know what you're saying so I guess based on the discomfort with how Optimus Prime gets phasered in the beginning and all that stuff, do you do you think? I mean, if you're if you're looking at it in terms of you know the greatest crossovers have the best balance between both franchises, do you, do you think that Star Trek was like it's more lopsided towards Star Trek than Transformers, or how do you how do you feel about that? Like I guess, or or is it like Megatron comes off way better? Than you know the Kronos and the Klingons and what's that guy's name the Sulu Klingon I can't think of his name but you know whatever his Curry name is. yeah Curie Curie something like that yeah so it's like it's like he obviously doesn't come off as 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 cool as Megatron so then does that even it out you know like I I don't know I'm just kind of throwing it out there because it's not something I considered but what what do you guys think of the balance between the two franchises I like think... do you think they're pretty well balanced in this. I think yeah. like by like yeah by the end I think like Curry kind of gets one up on Megatron so like yeah, I think it, yeah that's true yeah but like aside from like that Kirk Phaser incident like the most of the rest of it I was kind of like on board with I guess speaking of like Prowl or anything uh, Justin are there are there any characters you would have liked to see that would have met Star Trek characters uh, other than the ones that we got or, or, you know, that you would have wanted to make appearances and have, have them, you know, meet certain characters. Mm. Well, I would have liked had, I would have liked Spock to have met Perceptor. I think he, mm. that would okay. have been really cool. Meet up. Um, 
I mean, that makes sense. You know, they, they, they're kind of, you know, science officer, you know, meeting kind of like a, a scientist, you know, like, yeah, I mean, that's. I kind of wish they had included uh, Nurse Chapel in this. Like, I could see her hanging out with, like, RC, but I guess, I don't know, I guess that wouldn't mesh up exactly since this is the more, like, IDW aggressive-ish RC, which, you know, mm. still kind of breaks that. Might, might not fit. Yeah. I, I could I could see like doing like you know Yeoman Rand and and RC or something like that. I think I think if it was up to me, I might put in more kind of cutesy references, like maybe have like you know Crimzeeks meet Tribbles or something. You know what I mean? Like like <laughs> like, like 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 some, something like that. Like yeah. where it's like that 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 was kind of. I mean, I I, I didn't want to like sort of give my thought right away, but that's that's kind of where that question came from. Was like, oh, it, it'd be cool to see you know more cutesy things like that. That that you know not necessarily becomes like a major plot point, but just something. It's like there that you're kind of like, oh, I get it. I know, you know, it's like, you know, I know what a triple is. I clapped, you know, like just <laughs> some, something like that, you know, where it's like, oh, I know what a crimson is, you know, I clapped or whatever, you know. So I, I think some stuff like that would have been fun. I think uh, one of my favorite lines, though, was in issue five was when um, Starscream is talking to the uh, the Klingon council. And he's kind of like, like, high council. Like, I've crushed more high councils than you Klingons have words for awkward bladed weapon or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. There, yeah, there's that moment where he's like, oh, your language is so guttural and, and harsh, but I, it's great. I learned it in like two minutes. It's awesome. So here, here's my proposal for a sequel. Okay. Beast Wars versus the Next Generation. Mm. Mm. I like it. I like it, Larry. Green light. Green light it. Green light it, Larry. Like uh, I kind of feel like they're in the same, like you know, wheelhouse basically, and they're you know the same era of television, and the this it's like you know I feel like there's a lot of Star Trek in Beast Wars. So who who in the next generation would would sort of temporarily forge an alliance with the Predacons? And what season of Beast Wars are we talking about? Like which group of characters? <clears throat> Maybe like Q could appear to Megatron or whatever, and like be like you know, you know, I, or maybe Q could like meet with the Vok or something because they're both yeah. like you know like multi-dimensional, all-powerful beings or whatever. Or I don't know, like a, and uh, obviously Dinobot and Worf would like get along. Mm-hmm. Let's see, like who else? Uh, Rat Trap uh, and um, Barkley. <laughs> I, can, I can see them like arguing and bickering with each other. Jordy and Rhinox. Yeah. Yeah, that would be she- super cool. Cheetor and Wesley's excellent adventure. <laughs> ultra gear. That, that sweater is ultra gear. <laughs> and then Riker could try to get with Black Arachnia. Yeah, record stick his dick in anything. I wouldn't put it past. Him. <laughs> cool. They, could, they could like, or maybe they could even like team up against the Borg or something. Like they could all like the Predacons, Maximals, and mm-hmm. the, right, could team up against the Borg. You could have uh, uh, what's his face, Chak and Una get assimilated. And they could like, <laughs> and have like half Borg shit on them. Ooh, ooh, futile. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, resistance. Ooh. Oh, oh. 
But yeah, I mean, like I, I, I liked this series. I enjoyed it. Like, I mean, I, I, I wanted to review it because I was kind of like, oh man, this is going to be fun. So like, I was looking forward, even though I'm not as big a Star Trek fan as you guys were. Like, I, I was like, oh man, I was looking forward to it. And you know, it did. Like I said, there are some things about it I thought were like off, or you know, and I, like I said, I, I kind of know maybe because I had the pre knowledge, I kind of noticed. I was like, well, issue five kind of felt a little tacked on to me, but like you know, I'm sure they stretched it out, like the plot out a little more, but like some things just felt a little more tacked on than others. But like otherwise, yeah, like the I think the stand like Derek said, the standout moment was like the reveal of Fortress Tiberius. Like that was the moment where I was like, oh, man, like this series was totally worth it just for that. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think this wraps up our discussion on Transformers Tuesdays about Star Trek versus Transformers. If you guys have any comments, questions and or concerns, you can send them in email form to fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed listening to Transformers Tuesdays, we have plenty of episodes in our backlog. You can check them out over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We have plenty of other shows in addition to Transformers Tuesdays. We've got the Fanholes podcast proper. There's been plenty of Star Trek content on the proper shows. So if you're into Star Trek, check that out. And until the next time, uh, you know, we're on all kinds of social media, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes and feedback and all that good stuff. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike signing off. And this is just... I just realized like it's too bad that Kirk didn't like try to drop kick Megatron or something because like in issue five he drop kicks stars like Megatron drop kicks Starscream so like he, you know when he flies in like and like breaks into the high council he like lands on Starscream with both his feet he could have been like I learned this from that awesome human in the orange shirt <laughs> <laughs> and you were talking about like cloaking and stuff like in Starscream like what about the fucking invisibility spray they had in that one episode like it's like cloaking like we have a spray that does that like and we'll never use it again after that one episode I just I I have all the the filmation stock music running through my my head when I'm reading this where it's like dun 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 (laughs) there was a question i wanted to ask like could the replicators make like those exosuits in like that fast a time like something that complicated um well since it was the animated series probably (laughs) yeah yeah 
I think that's what the animated series stuff works. I mean, the animated series had holodecks before holodecks were on live action mm-hmm. Star Trek. So I guess you could you could kind of fib, you know, and be like, oh, yeah, they could have replicated that. Like, I don't even think I mean, am I wrong, Justin? Like, I don't even think they had replicators like in that century, did they? Not exactly. Like for yeah. food, you know, they just had those like food slot. Yeah, yeah. Things, the food, those are. You know, I want my chicken sandwich and coffee. This is supposed to be my chicken sandwich. It's a uh, triple. <laughs> <laughs> like, Crimzeek electrocuted my chicken sandwich and coffee. <laughs> He like bites into his sandwich. He's like, ah! <laughs> My chicken sandwich and. Come <laughs> It's like Kirk's like twitching on the ground and Spock's like fascinating. And then Spock mind mills with the Crimson, and all he can say for the the next issue is Crimson, Crimson. <laughs> what do you think, Spock? Crimson. <laughs> it's like he's stuck like this. Uh. They stole Spock's brain. <laughs> Replaced it with Crimson. You were right. Eight face is really fiddly. Like I don't know. I, it, it took me a while to get him into ape mode and get him, like, stable. It's like you said, if you don't snap everything in properly, it's fiddly. Okay, yeah, if you line up all the tabs and pegs and get them all right, like, he's pretty stable in jet mode. But, yeah, ape mode is... What, what do I always... My favorite uh, description of Transformers that are like that. He's got the consistency of a warm Pop-Tart. Yeah. He's not even delicious either. No, he's not. He tastes like monkey. <laughs> but yeah, like Springer, like Springer's good. Like I just got him into helicopter mode, and like he's he's pretty solid in that. Like car mode is kind of dicey, and I don't know. He's got all that battle damage shit all over him, but whatever. Mm-hmm. At least he doesn't look like he has delicious chocolate frosted donut legs like Ape Face does. <laughs> Mmm, delicious. Eh? Delicious monkey flavored donuts. Everyone's drinking the Kool Aid. I have Kool Aid for everyone. <laughs> A Krakowin Kool Aid. My Kool Aid, it's been magnetized. <laughs> <laughs> How does that even happen, Charles? I was just thinking of like a, a Krakoa looking thing like bursting through a wall going oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah it, it would jump through the wall and it would be like it would say like gibberish and then like uh, Cypher would have to run in and translate <laughs> he what he says, was say was oh, oh yeah says, oh yeah <laughs> 